season. It's Torres oh! to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I said the last 18 months have just been forgotten in two seconds. Hello, 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 and welcome back to yet another episode of the Plastics Podcast, a show where three American wankers put their noggins together to figure out just how to properly govern the richest soccer league in the world without too many people getting angry along the way. You're joined by sideline referee Maddie Gaylor. I hold up the board that uh, allows players in and out of the game. Perfect. Thank you. VAR review ref Blair Lacrosse in the studio. Just getting off a plane from good old Saudi Arabia. And myself, uh, sheriff referee Jacob Burke. Returning back to the pod this week, you guessed it, a perfectly normal MMA match happened between Newcastle and Arsenal. Bruno Hamarish from the top rope saw Newcastle through. Brentford kept their composure in an incredibly entertaining comeback against West Ham at the G-Tech Community Stadium. When did that name change? I don't know. It's uninspiring. And finally, Liverpool come up short in what should have been a business-as-usual game against Luton. This, a top-four conversation now that we're a quarter of the way through the season and yet another FPL update. I forget that he's in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little water, <laughs> yeah. watermark yeah. for the uh, for the piece. Blair, that that was definitely a, a composed and um, not at all uh, inflammatory statement. What flying in from Saudi Arabia? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, was good. yeah, uh, nothing to read into there. Too, sure. It's yeah. It's it's just a joke, nothing more. There's, there's uh, maybe maybe some housekeeping before we before we break open the uh, the can of worms that this weekend might be. Please, um, yeah, we missed last weekend for a multitude of reasons, uh, but the prior one being that we had a big old Halloween party and things got things got messy. Did they? Yeah. I mean, like the apartment was a disaster for oh, a second, oh, oh, oh. and a lot of people were in our apartment until uh, three a.m. Actually, I think that was the most people we've ever had in our apartment at one time. Ever. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yes, so mentally bushed. So uh, we missed a week, but honestly, I don't think that much happened in the world of the Premier League, honestly, because we weren't there. I mean, did anything actually happen no, if I mean, we didn't see it? Yeah, if a VAR scandal happens in the middle of the woods and no one's around to see it. Did it really happen? Yeah. VA or... or Beautiful edition. VA or... <laughs> uh, Blair, how's piano going? It's going well. I know well. I asked you before, but this is for the pod. It's going It's going well. This man. is for the people. I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. It's a nice outlet. I feel like I, I feel like I'm coming through kind of quiet in my headset right now. Um, mm, turn that man up. But also, yeah... Bring the beat in. Is that better? I've got no snare in my headphones. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. It's been fun. I. I feel. I feel like. I, you. You know. I'm getting the the neural pathways growing in the in the brain That's good. cells. Yeah. You know. It's. There's an interesting feeling. It does. It does feel like there's just like a a latent part of your brain that gets a little more activated when you've uh, practiced an instrument. So got, it's quite cool. A late bloomer of a musician mm-hmm. in the apartment now. Yes. 
Yes. Hitting my second, perhaps first puberty. So. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) Some might say my first. Uh, Let's transition to you, Maddie, for a second. Well, the last soccer game of the season is coming up tonight, actually. Right after we record this, you're going to go and play a match. Yet again, another full match because we have two women on our team and uh, you have to have two women on the field. So I think the irony there was that you may have played your best match of the entire season in our second match last. So, yeah, that's fair. I think you played well. I don't know. I I thought both of those games, I felt good. We had a doubleheader last week. Okay. Uh, So I played a full 90 for the first time since probably by a full 90. You mean... A forty-five, two forty-five-minute games okay. with no, no subs. So, so an actual full ninety. Yeah. Yeah. No subs. No halftime, really, because yeah. they were going to shut off the lights. Yeah, imagine like doing time. that like three times a week. I don't want to. Yeah. No. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um. So this is going to be the last match. Are you playoff bound? Um. I don't. Think I don't think so. we are. We're in seventh place or sixth place. Okay. Something like that. We're in a respectable sixth place. Yeah, we're, we're a mid-table team. Yeah. Uh, we're playing another mid-table team. So if we show up like we did last week, who knows? Oh, this week we are again? Yeah, yeah, DM vibes. Okay, so we got a little Wolves Crystal Palace action going. Have we yeah. played them before? Uh, no, we have not played them before. Okay. Um, And, you know, if we play like we did last week, I have a good feeling. And if we... It's all about, like, the first 10 minutes, I think, for our team. If we can't, like figure out a way to break through them uh we're kind of fucked Mm. so well that's good to hear um yeah i hope it goes well tonight both of you since you're both playing but blair maddie doesn't play piano so i'd give her the soccer okay yeah that's that's perfectly fine get off my back um all right (laughs) stop joking out anyway uh yeah so we watched three games this week and i honestly would like if um i'm springing this on you kind of right now Oh boy. Um, I would like to take the segments of the three games and not dwell on them as long <laughs> as we normally do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, because I want to devote probably half of the episode to talking about top four. Okay. All right. Let's speed read three games. Excellent. So let's let's uh, shuffle over to our Arsenal correspondent here um, because I think a, a very topical... Uh, it, it just keeps popping up, these silly little refereeing decisions. That, uh, mm, that those silly little boys. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, at my silly <laughs> At St. James Park, uh, Newcastle... A.K.A. Little St. James. Get a uh, <laughs> very, very valuable win against a title challenger's arsenal in a 1-0 victory that, um, according to many, uh, is... Um, is controversial to say the least. Um, this comes off the back of an uh, Anthony Gordon goal um, that ha- happened after a unprecedented triple VAR check uh, that ended up awarding Newcastle the goal. Uh, it also comes, the goal came subsequently uh, sometime after a blatant foul committed by Bruno Hamarish. Um, Blair, if you'll remind me the Arsenal player that was affected by this. Jorginho. Uh, by Jorginho. To Jorginho, I should say. Um, in which the refereeing uh, decisions were either absent or not uh, not to what many would deem favorable or fair. I'll toss that over to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's this all about, Jacob? Maddie? I don't know. Um, um, 
Yeah, so I think this was this this was there was an injustice done here. Um, here's what here's how I want to start with this this conversation. I don't think Bruno Himarish is a big team, big game player, and I think that um, if you watch him, he is prone to doing things like this um, when Newcastle go up against the traditional big six clubs. He seems to just get this added element of like violence about him, and I I think it's because he's like overcompensating for something. I don't know what it is. I'm not I'm not suggesting the the, the, the weird thing, but I do think he just like feels like he has to like puff up his chest and like be super macho and domineering and stuff. And he oftentimes does crazy shit like this. It's not the first time um, that yeah this has happened. So um, he's, uh, I think I, I, I just, because I think we're going to dwell a lot on the negatives here. Yes. So I'm just going to frame it around. I think Bernard Marish is a fantastic defensive midfielder. He's an excellent player. And he plays on a team that is kind of carved out a niche for itself in the league under Eddie Howe as very aggressive. I, um, yeah. And it's, it's a style of play you can certainly subscribe to. Uh, it's just that I think, and I'll, I'll toss the baton back to you, Blair, the manner in which the aggression was handled by the officials was laughable. Yes, that's the thing. It's like, I, in some respects, like the result is almost like a given based off of just how they're allowed to play. Like, there's there was just like really no way that Arsenal were going to get into their kind of flow when Dan Burns going through uh, Bukayo Saka's back all the time or like you know when um, Bruno Kimmerich is like trying to dive into footed on a player misses him and then goes through and elbows Jorginho in the back of the head he ran through Jorginho's back uh, he stiff armed Fabio Rivera in the face Vieira in the face so um, there's just like stuff like this that's happening all over the pitch and like you can play physically like plenty of clubs do this. Um, like we like we always had this experience with Everton, and it does seem like the northern clubs just like mm. do, do this. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, I've heard um, just from listening through uh, other uh, podcasting venues and things that St James Park in particular is like the energy there has a kind of maliciousness to it that like is kind of unique to the park. It's just like a very aggressive atmosphere. And I, I feel like the players sort of feed off of that a lot in Newcastle. Do you ever see the video of there's this, uh, the, like, I think it was from either this season or last season, but it's a video of a shirtless uh, Jordy, a Newcastle supporter, yeah. uh, running through the stands like on like the the land, like the flat part of the stands where you funnel out of huh. um holding a big flag and they're running and the flag is waving in the air and then someone overlaid the uh <laughs> evil soundtrack from Lord of the Rings a bum 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 yeah so uh I, when you said that it that's the first thing that came to my mind yeah and i don't want i'm not going to like try to be like oh the, their fans are whatever malicious or whatever it just does have a kind of like it has a very aggressive atmosphere <laughs> um so yeah i i think that that you're going into it you're expecting a hostile environment you're expecting a lot of physical play yeah. Yeah. but then the level that it got to um i think reached sort of a fever pitch that uh, was hard to overcome um but that being said like the, the the old adage about Arsenal is like they don't like the physical play. They don't like to to get into a, a physical fight like this one uh, was. And I think that we actually pretty much stood up to it pretty well. I um, I think you gave as good as you got. Yeah, I think I think Saliba like was really physically dominating. Um, he was fighting Callum Wilson physically. He wasn't really too bothered by him. Um, Declan Rice certainly brings so much physicality to the team. Uh, he was fighting. I think Kai Havertz actually showed some too, which was 
interesting to see. I thought it was kind of cool um, that Kai Havertz basically clean sweeped. Uh, <laughs> who was it? Was it Dan Byrne? I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Um, and was able, got a yellow card, yes. as he should have. Yes. But he was able to exchange three yellow cards For from one. Newcastle, <laughs> uh, which I great value. Yes. Great value. You if you're going to do value. that, yeah. you do that every time. Yes. Um, if you can ensure you, the opposing team gets three for your one, yeah. Um, Apparently, Kai versus got beef with Newcastle. I saw some highlight package of him playing against Newcastle through his Premier League career, and he does have a lot of these instances Moments. of just like going out of play. You know what? But you were saying in the game, and part of it, like while we were watching Blair, and I know part of it was because you were a bit like incensed by the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not fun watching your team get the the crap kicked out of them. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> you were saying like they're fake tough guys. Like they're they not, are. They're, they're bullshitters, not. man. You you watch them. They will they will stand over you. They'll push you over. Like Bruno Himarish will do that, you know. And then like the minute you give it back to them, they they're on the ground rolling around, holding their face the same, all the same. Like it's just like it's so annoying. It's like if you want the fight, you have to be able to take it. You know, that's that's what I wanted out of the match. Um, I do think that the uh, like the atmosphere itself was like pretty good. Like the the physical um, the physicality of the match was pretty entertaining overall i think it was pretty like garbage soccer uh pretty much like there wasn't really all that much that happened that was interesting outside of like players bashing into each other and throwing forearms and stuff i thought tactically there were some interesting things going on yeah um notably when i say tactically i meant you can see where um both newcastle and arsenal are missing key pieces um mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the absence of, uh, Isak on that front three is just palpable. Uh, Also more than Jesus, uh, Martin Odegaard, um, you take that cog out of the Arsenal machine, man. Uh, he, he's, he's just, he's just got that, uh, creative engine to him. And it's, uh, I mean, like, honestly, when that, in in those moments where you just need someone to start taking pot shots, Odegaard's your guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the the two, the wingers were Osaka and Martinelli were pretty quiet on the day. Martinelli had a pretty good chance that he kicked straight at Pope, but I um, think Osaka was almost immediately violently shut down anytime he got the yeah, ball. Yeah, he's, he's he's pretty used to that too. He's he doesn't have that frame, you know, where he can like withstand the. So he's he's your classic like nimble, agile. Yeah, um, and he's just he needs like a week to just be in a bed yeah he's very tired you can tell he's tired too um but yeah i actually think that until the goal arsenal basically executed their game plan to perfection um i know we didn't create a lot but like we stymied them so much in this match uh the number of shots that they were able to to get off um in the first like 60 minutes was just low uh they were low quality um you know it it was it was pretty good to see honestly um and i felt like we were uh able to maintain possession pretty well able to maintain a decent amount of threat um and that is like basically the game plan for Mikel uh in these bigger matches like the the lineup with Jorginho and Declan Rice has been like his go-to in matches against like the uh sort of top six teams and um really the only notable change I think here was the departure from Zinchenko going to Tomiyasu Mm. which was absolutely necessary uh Tomiyasu was a perfect pick for going up against uh Almiron so yeah I think I think we executed our game plan really well if you look at the the goal there's there's basically two shots that happen um, in the 64th minute. There's a Joe Linton shot that accounts for 0.3 xG, 
and then Anthony Gordon's goal, which points for 0.68 xG. Um, FOTMOB gives them point, uh, 1.04. So you're talking about almost an entire xG's worth of uh, mm. accumulation in that one instance, and I, I just really don't think that should have stood. So um, I think we pretty much stymied them um, as best we could, and um, that is really like I don't think. Arsenal deserved three points at all in this match because they didn't create enough on their uh, attacking end of the pitch. But like, I feel like a point would have been pretty well deserved. And giving that goal just feels really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, oh, you know, uh, um, I'll let uh, uh, the commander in chief uh, say this. Talk about the result because you have to talk about how the hell this goal stand up. Incredible. I feel embarrassed, but I have to be the one now coming here to try to defend the club and please ask for help. An absolute great goal. Absolute because it's not a goal. For many reasons, it's not a goal. For more than one reason. And it's too much a stake. So much effort. So difficult at this level. And it's an absolute great. Again, I feel embarrassed. I've been more than nowhere near the level. Describe this as I am. How makes it even worse? Even, <laughs> even worse. It makes it even worse. You just need to see one image. There's a fini. And you have any doubt, you look at the second one and if this is a goal i don't care is <laughs> <laughs> the outcome whatever late so for those of us i mean for those of everyone that aren't familiar with mikel arteta he's a very composed person when giving these sorts of interviews um he doesn't raise his voice uh this is him going nuclear uh, uh, this is the maddest I have ever seen him in a post-match conference, and uh, and um, uh, rightfully so, I think. Uh, the we I feel I don't, uh, and going back to this thing that we keep hitting because keep having to talk about it. Um, when when game state changing occurrences are ignored, the the game is is just no longer. I mean, like you can't say you can't even ignore Bruno Hamerish. Call it a red, call it whatever. It's a card. Yeah, yeah. Hit it, getting hit in the back of the head. Yeah, um, it's something. Um, I think the problem with that, though, is if you give a card, you kind of have to give the violent conduct, you know? Yeah. Yes. Because you're, you're, so like, it's it's either it's a red or it's nothing almost. If we're know? taking so many precautions for concussions and all of that shit, why does that, <laughs> why is that allowed? That's it's, a good point. It's honestly so perplexing. Like, I, I think that... To me, like there was there, everyone talks about like the three things that happened for the goal, right? I'm not con- I'm not entirely convinced it was out. Like there are angles that make it look out, but like the, it's weird how the ball shaped and how camera angles work. Like you can't you can't conclusively say that say that without seeing like tons and tons of different angles. We were all there for the Japanese World Cup game. Yes, like- yeah. Great, great call, Maddie. Uh, there was also the the Rashford goal against Brighton that was controversial, I think, because. They thought it wasn't out, whatever. Um, and then there's the offsides, which that's a rule that I still can't... I get out of claim. I don't really fully understand it because uh, Raya wasn't the last defender. There was somebody. There was a defender behind him, and it changes how that works. I don't know. It gets confusing to me. But to me, the clear clear foul that happens is is Joel Linton two-arm shoving uh, Gabriel Magalash in the back. And you see how Gabby is basically like keeled over with Joel Linton's weight and forearms uh, in his upper back and how he has to compensate to keep his balance trying to fight for position. I just think that's a clear foul in the box. And like, I don't, I don't really agree that it has to be called in real time for you to overturn the goal because in, in these situations where there's two players like this, I think it really depends on where your head ref is standing and what his perspective is. If he doesn't see the back um, and again, it happens really quick too. So if he doesn't seem like the, proper angle of it he probably doesn't see like the full arm extension which i think just makes it a clear foul uh but it wasn't given and of course anthony gordon has a golden chance to shoot on a wide open net so yeah he's not missing that 
No. Okay. You don't you just don't miss open nuts. No. That one. You just don't. <laughs> um Yeah. So yeah. It, it 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 was just it was just very, very frustrating to yeah. see that given. But. It's in like you know, obviously. I mean, it's 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 trite, but if Newcastle can do these things and get away with it, they're just going to keep doing it. Oh, um, of course, yeah. Of course. I mean, like obviously, Bruno. I don't know. You know, impossible to know whether or not he did it on purpose. But all of the empirical evidence suggests that he did. The the thing that tells me that he did do it on purpose was that he definitely was going for his pound of flesh with this sliding tackle attempt 30 yeah. seconds before he doesn't get any contact he's still riled up and he runs across the pitch and he just hits Jorginho in the back yeah. of the head when he's not looking so to me that tells me everything I need to know about how he's moving like his body composure like he very clearly is like trying to, uh something there he's trying I mean, to hurt somebody I mean not five minutes later he runs through the back of I think it was Jorginho, it was Jorginho or Kev- Kaiverts again yeah. and no call yeah. but the same play happens where you run through uh, arsenal ran through a newcastle player immediately given as a foul yeah it's just frustrating um i I, i'm a bit frustrated i I liked i really liked heverts in this match uh getting into that a little more but i think he played maybe his best match for us so far Mm. Um, you like the aggression yeah like the aggression i think he had a lot more sort of attacking intent he was willing to carry the ball more um and he seemed like he was a bit more composed on the ball than he has been in the past it's probably not coincidental that he also had a little bit more space to work with than we've had most of the season because it was a kind of transitiony match. But um, I do, I am frustrated with his challenge because I do feel like in some ways the referee's like, well, I let that go as a yellow so I can let other things go as a yellow too or whatever. And it's, it both sides are doing it. And I don't yeah. really think the score or the tally of offenses would uh, suggest that this was like an equally um, doled out level of uh, violence in this match. I mean, his tackle really was just a yellow. Watching it back, he doesn't get much. So I agree, but I think he's incredibly lucky because he, if he's like... Uh, maybe a little bit sooner, actually, because he's late and he's lucky yeah. he's late because he misses him completely. If he's like a second sooner or something, he probably just jumps into the guy, like cleats up, and that's a clear red. So, well, that can be said for a lot of tackles, I think. Oh, it can for sure. Um, but I do think I do think he's still like pretty <laughs> pretty lucky, uh, nonetheless. Um, yeah. So obviously, right the the issue here is the roughing. So. Um, so, so we need to start a revolution. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's it's very frustrating. Um, I think th- I was saying that for Arsenal's perspective, I think this maybe is our hardest match of the season going to St. James and playing Newcastle, if not mm. if not uh, Liverpool away. I think those two are the toughest matches we encounter because we, we don't traditionally play super well um, up in north, but also the style of play that both of those clubs offer is very difficult for us. Very and I think, I think that Arsenal really... It was a very professional performance. Like I, like I said, it wasn't like this uh, display of attacking talent. Uh, we weren't, the artillery wasn't firing, but we just had, uh, we had our feet on the ball. We were moving it around, uh, maintaining possession. We were limiting their chances. Like this is exactly what we want to do against these kinds of sides. Yeah. Newcastle going into this match um, and still to, uh, even with the goal, they, they've created the most big chances in the league so far. They've created 28. Um, it's one more than uh, I believe Liverpool and Man City. Um, and they have the most, uh, our second most goals now because Man City just scored a just shit ton of goals up against six. Bournemouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
they are a pretty potent attack. And the way that we were able to stymie that, I think was just very impressive. Uh, I, I felt like really good watching it, honestly. Um, so I take away a lot of positives from the match, personally, as an Arsenal fan. Um, and I just wish to see the refereeing crew uh, for this game suffer immensely. Uh, so, <laughs> um, The big, big point of news that came out was uh, Anthony Taylor uh, is getting demoted to the championship. After a game between the Wolves and Newcastle last week where he fucked up another penalty yeah. call. For... Yeah. <gasps> Wait, 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 wait for it. <laughs> Who do you think? Who did he give it to? <laughs> Vote now. Fucking Newcastle. Uh, yeah, not to say that there is a conspiracy, but I think... Um, there is. I think... Well, I've, I've <laughs> kind of applied this maxim to my life more recently, but, but you know, why attribute maliciousness when you can attribute incompetence? Yeah, I think... I think <sighs> that's, that's, tough. <laughs> that's tough. I think for me, like... The conspiracy thinking is it's easy to fall into when you're like as frustrated as yeah. watching something like this or like watching the, the the Liverpool Spurs match. Like I would just I would just be like, yeah, these guys are all fucking Illuminati or something. <laughs> but like, yeah, I do I do think that though there's a kind of like conspiracy in the level of ineptitude there. Oh yeah, so it's not against a team. It's just like a it's a it's a good old boys club, you know. I, exactly. I think I think it's it's that it's allowed to persist and um yeah. the way that it, it sort of seems to have such adverse effects on the outcomes of seasons it 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 whether it's intentional or not it doesn't really matter uh it's just that they are so inept um in such key moments that like whether they're taking payments and getting their palms greased or not the outcome still feels pretty similar to like what you'd expect if that was the case anyway yeah I mean, and it's, it's like, happening weekly it's, it's happening so frequently yeah. like i was watching the the nbc coverage um today and Robbie Musto was on there and he's like, I'm so sick of talking about VAR and referees. Yeah. This is all we talk about. And it's true. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm taking crazy pills watching some of the coverage from, from the other side of the pond. When you've got Gary Neville talking about how these, this is like a completely legitimate goal, no question, incontrovertible. Like, it's just like, I, am I being gaslit here? Like, <laughs> what is going on? I don't, I don't understand. And it's make, it makes the whole experience worse. I want that to be very fundamentally clear. It makes it, this whole experience if it's, much if worse. This is the implementation, right? I'd just rather not have VAR. Yes. I'd just rather, i just, you know what? Don't even show me the replays. Don't take 15 minutes to look <laughs> at three different angles and then say, yeah. we don't have the angles. Don't yeah. take it. You know what they should, you know, really what they should do is we should just go back to the radio. Yeah. Honestly, stop broadcasting. I would games. love that. I would love to just listen to like Orson Welles. Yeah. Just be like drunk on champagne at 11 o'clock in the morning, calling a match. That's what I want. I think that would be great. I think that's reject modernity. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace radio I don't, broadcasts. I don't want to see like blatant corruption in full 8K HD uh, every morning. It's it's ruining my morning coffee for sure. It sucks. Um, Newcastle are very good. And, they are. They're um, a good team. I, I take nothing away from the fact that they are a very good team and I, that they um, will go far this season. I'm going to stop having us drink the, the copium and uh, we're going to move on. Okay. Because uh, yeah. honestly, this could we could really just keep going on. Because like you, anyway, it's not important. Um, <laughs> Maddie, hi. Hi. Can you give us a Reader's Digest version of the Brentford-West Ham game? Because what? in my oh, opinion, this was the sneaky best match of the weekend. Dude, we picked really well. We this picked week. really <laughs> well I, this I was, weekend. I was looking at 
uh, what was the other one that we, we were debating back? Oh, Man United Fulham. Yeah. What a stinker. Dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we, we picked well. Um, and it wasn't because we didn't want to wake up at 8.30, yeah, for well, sure. Also, also that. I, I, would, I was kind of eager to watch because, you know, the sack radar is on for mm. uh, oh. Ten Hag. Meter is high. Not, not that I think he should be Saturday. sacked, but the, the media pieces are coming out. And you just, it makes you think. It makes you wonder. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah, Reader's Digest, this was a fun game. Uh, West Ham and Brentford both had moments. It wasn't even like a tale of two halves, as Blair likes to say. Hmm. It was counterattack v. counterattack v. counterattack v. counterattack. Um, Brentford really started off, you know, strong with their goal in the ninth or tenth minute, and West Ham kind of looked a little bit lost for about 30 seconds, and then they scored two quick ones, and Brentford were like, ah, shit. And then after halftime, Brentford came out swinging and West Ham had some attack, but Brentford definitely were the better team, um, in my opinion, not biased at all. Um, Both teams played a very high press for Mm -hmm. most of the match. Mm -hmm. Um, Both teams had fumbles, major fumbles. I mean, West Ham scored a very nicely done own goal. Um, couldn't have headed it better uh, himself. You, that, that's a goal either way, though, right? Like either Maver Panos heads it home or Nathan Collins gets a head on it. Like if yeah, it was an unfortunate bounce. But yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, always yeah. embarrassing to have to record an own goal. That's it was tough. Yeah, yeah. but Mbwemo couldn't you know get the ball out from under his feet anytime he wanted to cross the ball. He you know kind of kicked himself in the shin a couple times did he have that game it was crazy the second half up he he (laughs) came so close with so many shots first half not too many um but second half he came out uh with like two really like in in time wise very close to each other and also very very close to the goalpost. here's my thing my takeaway if i'm david moyes um why am i ever i i need to sell Mikhail Antonio as quickly as I can. <laughs> he has a few moments in the season where he does wonderfully, and it's usually towards the beginning. But other than that, I mean, and I'm 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 referencing the moment where uh, Ben Rama uh, is is receives a beautiful through ball, and I can't remember who it's from. Um, but uh, uh, and, and, and Antonio steps in front of him just and just fluffs it wide and honestly if i i just i just i don't understand his appeal as a player neither does ben rama currently <laughs> also also maddie uh, yeah? the kudus goal dude Oof. what a world-class I conversion mean, so smooth so beautiful so well done you couldn't even be mad at it it was Bro, just no. I, it it was as you know a stand-in Brentford fan for the season. Um, I was, I'm still watching Lester. Yeah, no, I know. I, I know. You get so... I'm not. I'm just, I, do, I, I do have questions, though, because okay. I want to break into the mindset there. Oh, can great. I Can I give the context of the of the Antonio Benrahma. So, okay, so like Maddie said, um, Brentford started off with an onslaught of 10 minutes of just continuously attacking the box. That 11th-minute goal from Mape was just like, that was coming. Breaking let's his 14 say, month hiatus from yeah, scoring. I, I hate him um, for a lot of reasons. A lot, uh, some might say that Neil Mope is the reason that Neil Messi was given Ballon d'Or this week or last week. So, um, <laughs> because. Whoa, whoa. <clears throat> Go on. All right. Okay. Neil Mope playing for Brighton, 
uh, attacks oh, the, Bernd Leno, which yeah. causes Emmy Martinez to take yeah. over for Bernd Leno. Yeah. Yeah. The starting role for Arsenal, yeah. wins the FA Cup, gets sold yeah. to Aston Villa, becomes the main man for Argentina, goes on to maybe win a penalty shootout for Argentina, which gives them the World Cup, which then will Messi all the ammunition he needs to win Ballon d'Or at the age of 45 or whatever. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> a butterfly <laughs> flaps its wings. Exactly. It really kind of was. Um, West Ham mount the comeback. They score uh, in the 19th and 26th minute. And then in the 41st minute, when the scoreline is still 2-1, Mikhail Antonio and Ben Rama uh, crash into each other. Um, crash into me. Yeah. <laughs> um, with a, just a golden opportunity at the back post uh, to tap, tap home uh, the, the 3-1 goal, which completely changes this match if it goes oh, yeah. in. Oh, completely yeah. Completely changes the outcome of this match, I think. Um, that takes a lot of the sting out of Brentford, and they fuck it up so badly. Uh, FOTMOB gives them a 0.75 rating on the XG, which is just absurdly high. And um, that was just the exact uh, salvo that um, Brentford needed to climb back in this match. And it is the defining moment of this match by far. Oh, yeah. And and not not the Brentford goalkeeper was injured at mm. this time. He <laughs> played true. like 20 minutes on injury and came off at halftime. Yes, that that would be Flecken you're referring to. Yes. Mark Flecken, the 30-year-old He took a Dutchman. hard, hard hit from, I believe, I can't remember. Anyway, so like, basically like we've got two really <laughs> good uh, value teams here that, that put on a show. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was in a manner that was very, very fun to watch because there's basically no midfield battle. It was just back and forth and back and forth. Do you want to hear uh, a fun fact? Of course. Uh, so these two teams have only played in the same league once okay. ever. And in the five Premier League matches that they have played each other, West Ham have never taken a single point from Brentford. Wow. Dude, Brentford is like, it's like Brentford is to West Ham what Brentford is to Chelsea. <laughs> Yes, Brentford. <laughs> Brentford is to Manchester. Right? <laughs> what is the GTEC Stadium, by the way? I always think of GTEC as like a look derogatory way of brand? saying somebody has like low techers, you know? You got uh, GTEC? Yeah, like. That doesn't even make sense. It's a gaming technology company? Uh, what? Oh, hell yeah. I That's thought awesome. it was. Am I crazy in thinking it used to be called the Brentford Community Stadium? Uh, I don't think you're crazy. I think they probably sold the team naming rights. I, honestly, I'm so. I don't. I want old names on the buildings. I want them to be called something, you know? Mm. I still maintain that the best name is Sun, uh, Sunderland's, the Stadium of Light. It's so inspiring. That's what it's called? Yes. Damn. It's awesome. It's crazy how that name alone has kept them up in the Premier League those years. <laughs> the Sunderland. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Anyway, Maddie, quick. Just, I just want to break into your mindset because Leicester are in the championship. They okay? are. And so you're emotionally Crushing it. attaching what? yourself. Crushing it. You're emotionally attaching yourself to Brentford. Um, you say it like I wasn't also emotionally attached to them last year. I, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to give you some grace here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so can, can you take me through that? Because I think a lot of um, Premier League supporters across the pond might criticize you for it. So I'd, I'd like you to give your chance to... First of all, to all you Premier League supporters across the <laughs> pond, uh, this podcast is called The Plastics Podcast. So fuck off. Wait. <laughs> Wait Second on, of all... First of all... I, shit. <laughs> that, that, that is a tongue-in-cheek name. I want to be as crystal clear as possible. 
I know. But are you saying you're leaning into being a plastic? I'm saying that you guys get every weekend to root for one team and we get to watch them and we get to go through all the heartbreak and the emotion. I just want to do that. I watch Lester alone I want. in a corner and I'm, you know, celebrating because we keep winning except for Leeds. Fuck you, Leeds. Well, but we should really find a Lester bar somewhere. There, there, there's one, there's a group know, of Lester Foxes and they go. Gone. Yeah, I know. But there's they also, they oh. always play like different. <laughs> oh, they always play very off times. Like the last game I watched was Friday. I caught the last half an hour after I got out of a shoot. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, yeah, fair. So like, so you want you just want your emotional well-being for the weekend to be tied to some team in the Premier League. I just want to root for a team that we watch semi-regularly. And I've always liked Brentford since they started, you know, since they came up two years ago. I've been a Brentford stan. I have <laughs> made absurd claims about their positioning. Yes. I have faith in Thomas Frank I, and his gum-chewing abilities. It, it's it's, it's a strange... Just, because I'm trying to follow your rationale to Brentford, and it, I don't think like it's not like you were a Brentford fan. It's like I love Christian Eriksen, and mm-hmm. he. Happens, I liked Brentford before he went to. Uh, I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. And then Christian Eriksen was at uh, Inter, uh, Inter yep. and you were a big Inter supporter at yep. the time. Um, and then he went to Brentford after the, the Euros. Uh, and then you found out that he's Danish and that also there are many other Danish players on Brentford. Yeah. And then you kind he of went like, to Brentford and, because there were like Thomas Frank is a Danish I know. manager. It, it, like he recuperated with exactly. them. I love the good Danish. And yeah. so like, and yeah. then yeah. Christian Eriksen leaves for Man United, yeah. but you stay. I Brentford. can't, I can't support Man United. I, you know, I wish him all the best, but also no. Honestly, okay. like a pretty good buy low moment, moment for Man United if you're trying to get in on that stock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I, I, you know, have liked them since they came up. I like their vibe. I like how they play. I like their players. Um, I think that, you know, they are an sneaky underdog that most like they are winning they have won against major teams consistently yeah i don't even think they're sneaky anymore they're just like good no but people aren't like ooh, top 10 like you know top 10 team brentford top 16 brentford brentford like the only club that could be like the money ball darlings that brighton fans could root for you yeah know? Yeah, and Brighton kind of sucks right now, so you know. Yeah, what the they heck is going be, on? yeah, they're only two points ahead of Brentford, so it's yeah. really like they are one spot off from being in eighth place. Anyway, like anyway, we You're won't. Uh, we, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna skip the Luton Liverpool segment um, because what? we're gonna we're gonna wrap it into the next segment. We're okay. gonna combine. Shout it. out to uh, to Diaz for the goal. Yeah, well, yeah, Luis Diaz. Cool. Uh, you know, I did tear up a little bit. Good I'm not gonna respect lie. You the called name. it. Is what you did. You said it'd be really cool if Luis Diaz you got did. the goal. That was kind of prophetic. Yeah, and then he scored like three, not even like three minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't what even say, say anything. You what just, can I say? I just watched Edge of Tomorrow yesterday, so. Oh, dude, what a good movie. Great movie. I've seen that like five times. I have never seen it all the way through until yesterday. Wow. So it was great. Fantastic. Which one's that? Tom Cruise. Emily Blunt. Has to live through the same. It's like a Groundhog oh, Day. Oh, we watched that one with my brothers. 
Yeah, your brothers came over and, uh, really, last Christmas. and John really wanted to watch it. Yep. Yeah. He Christmas. loves that movie. It's good. Yeah. Tom Cruise is a fantastic actor. It would be Weird such guy. a tiresome, tiresome life to lead that. Um, yeah, it's probably, that's, that's what I think about I think it. he could just like, you know, take a few days off and just sleep. He probably did. Yeah. He's getting shot a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you rather be in like rural Pennsylvania just like dinking around this like a small town or would you rather be like in a adrenaline fueled like action filled day uh, like a million times over don't you think you just have like the most insane case of ptsd you could imagine but because he remembers yes. everything yeah he does he does doesn't he yeah but then yeah. but hang on here's the thing it's like if you keep doing it this is just kind of like you work your way out of it, it? yeah <laughs> you like you like cure it i don't I know mean, i have no idea you're like your two examples. There are those two movies. There's Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. and then there's like Edge of uh, Seventeen. <laughs> uh, the million little thing, or little tiny things, million tiny little things. What are you talking about? It's like these two teens that like get caught in like the the spiral Groundhog of. Day? No, yeah, I mean there's also. A tiny million. It's little not things. that one, but there's. It was. It, oh, never mind. It, was, it came out like two years ago. It's yeah. Well. Yeah. Because I think Groundhog Day was like the first to do it, right? That's why they call it a Groundhog Day like movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about uh, top four. Uh, I call this the top four inquisition, because um, I think it's time. We're we're uh, I think eleven games now into mm-hmm. the season. Basically quarter of the way through 14 um, if you're Lester. data points have been gathered and uh we we have i think a good idea of where teams stand uh not necessarily place wise but like uh um, emotionally emotionally mm-hmm. yes but also just like uh the to c- the capacity for their play like how good they are yeah um and so i'm, I'm just taking out the current top four right now because i think this is probably what we're going to see um and i'm just going to go down the line here starting from arsenal to man city so wait wait, wait. you're taking out the top four I mean, I mean, you're, you're keying in on the top four. Yes, exactly. Oh. Enhance. So, enha- Enhance. I'm enhancing top four, and I just want to get your perspectives on what you think uh, their prospects are now that we're 10 or 11 games Of winning the, the league? Um, that's, of falling in love? <laughs> of, of finding Mr. Man, right. He just gave me the most like, <laughs> sitcom TV look you would ever see. Yeah, uh, so like, huh? I'll, I'll, this will be for both of you. I'm just the guy asking the questions here um arsenal maddie and blair um arsenal have uh t- have a tough challenge this year of matching their performance last year yes uh they have added <laughs> to their roster um i think for the positive um most notably of course um and i say this because you never hear it the price tag that is when you're talking about declan rice because I think everyone has kind of agreed that this was the true appropriate thing to pay for. The one guy you could pay a hundred million for, and no one can be like, ah, yeah, he's he's probably worth he it. He was, he was, I think. Um, I'm not putting him in the same caliber, but like you know, immediate value, like Jude Bellingham, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Striker all along. Yeah, obviously not the same player. Um, cause Jude is just, I, I don't even know how you couldn't write a better start for a player. 
going to Madrid. Yeah, all the game-winning moments. Yeah, that is insane. Has the has uh, was it both goals for El Clasico in his first one? Yeah, Crazy. I, I want to put it, go on the record here and say that um, I definitely said that Jude was gonna not have a great career in Real Madrid at some point. <laughs> I was like, he's on fraud watch. I'm 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 gonna call him out as soon as he starts to fail, and he's just been amazing. I'm, so it's far. good. Good. I didn't remember that. I mean, I, I was like. I was very tied to him during the, you know, when we were heavily linked to him. So ah, I said that Erling Holland wasn't going to have a great year uh, last year at the beginning and <laughs> yeah. eat your words. Um, so Arsenal have got uh, some issues. I think they're working through right now. Uh, most notably mm. is uh, the, a striker problem, um, yes. a goalie problem striker. and a, a defined probably starting 11 problem um if you want to add some i would um, add one some longevity mentality issues to the squad as well but um i just would love to hear your takes on where you think they stand top four wise feel free to add your own facts biases whatever i i would add one also problem that they are combating semi-regularly and it is there is no substitute for Saka. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go first on this one? or What was the question again? Sorry. Top four prospects. Prospect oh, for prospecting. Arsenal. I am a gold miner. Um, <laughs> I... They currently are in fourth place. Yeah. I think they move up one spot. I think Man City kind of feels just inevitable at this point. Unfortunately, I think Tottenham also look really good and have consistently looked good, which is strange for them. So I think, it, you know, something might have changed in their water. Liverpool, I have questions about. I think Arsenal... Yeah, we're just on Arsenal right Yeah, now. I know, I know. Okay. I think they figure I think they figure things out. Not all of them. I don't think that... Uh, I think staying healthy for them is going to be their biggest challenge. They have five players out right now that are big, big problems. Uh, yeah, Martin Onegaard's a big loss for them. Gabriel Jesus, and I think Thomas, Thomas Party as well. And yeah. then obviously the Urian Timber fiasco. Bad, bad luck there. Yeah. I, th- I think as long as Saliba can stay in the <laughs> damn game, I think you can stay where you are. Yeah. I mean, everybody's come out and said, like, as soon as Saliba went last season, that was the moment. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Um. So I think uh, Arsenal are sort of interesting this year because we're definitely taking a different approach this season and I think it's sort of confused a lot of fans in in some ways um given that we're not like quite generating the same amount of attacking threat um in terms of like number of chances and things as we were last year and I think basically the uh, the approach to all matches so far give or take has been to establish a sort of um oppressive level of control in the match and to, to sort of like turn it into like a really dull <laughs> um, match where we just sort of squeeze teams. And I think that has been Arteta's response to some of the sort of basketball like uh, matches we had against top six, ma- top six teams that tended to go our way last year, but I don't think we're is a sustainable way of, of getting points from them going forward. Um, and it also feels like in some ways, uh, maybe in response to trying to like make a concerted effort in the Champions League, but also um, to combat the level of sort of burnout that the players were experiencing towards the end of last season. Um, I think maybe the quote-unquote handbrake has been applied slightly um, to how we're playing. Um, to sort of build fitness and finish the season strong a la Man City instead of 
start the season super hot and then sort of taper. Um, so I think so far we've looked good, but not like the, uh, not like clear title favorites by any means. Um, I think we could win a title, but I don't really think this is the year for it. Just given the injuries, Jay-Z's would have to sustain, you know, he would, he would need to play like 34 matches for me to feel like we could do it. Um, Timber needed to not get injured. Um, immediately. Yeah, immediately. It was good that it's good that we found Tomiyasu again. I think he's been looking quite good. Um, he seems to have gotten some of his athleticism back after a weird string of injuries. Um, I think Tom's party like would have been nice to have him against Newcastle. I think he would have done pretty well uh, in that match and uh, other matches like it. Um, it would have been nice to see him against somebody like Tottenham as well. Um, so, yeah, too too many unreliable people right now in, in the squad. I don't think Eddie and mm. Kedia is able to do the job that Jesus can mm. um, to the full effect, even though he got three goals in our last match against uh, Sheffield. Um, so, yeah, I think we're like solid bets for top four. I think we'll finish in the Champions League spots, but I don't think I'd put money on us winning the, the league this year, basically, is where I'm at. Okay. Um, can I also say that uh, we have a pretty solid like uh, stats in the expected department where XGD is third right now. Um, XGD per 90 is uh, fourth. We're almost a, a goal um, in the positive. And that's basically down to us having the second best defensive record in the league where we've only allowed 8.8 expected goals uh, this season. So less than one per game. Um, we have been defensively wonderful um i think we've played out of possession like we've become like very interesting to watch without the ball and i think last year was the contrast that was that we were very interesting with the ball um so yeah it seems like we're sort of trying to find the balance between what we were good at last season and what we're doing really well this season so um yeah anyway that was just my uh two cents i, I don't think we're uh gonna win long so okay um yeah i obviously uh you know trying to say whether or not you're gonna win the league 11 games and not um i don't think any fans gonna like want to like just go out there and say it but um, i think i think though like basically the like the yeah we're we're the the favorites is like the kai Havertz thing thing probably had to like look right like like sooner than this um had had to look better than this uh, earlier um timber needed to not get injured uh i think those basically were the two things um and they both haven't happened i think basically like you have to get lucky in c- certain respects and we just like haven't gotten that this year so um yeah i don't know maybe maybe though man city i mean holland went off injured it feels like there's a chance this season for somebody i don't know who but for somebody they have um, looked well like they have weaknesses we, yes uh, we could go to Man City if you guys want to. Um, I was going to go to I Liverpool think we should, Yeah, we should go in that order. Let's go with Liverpool. Okay, Liverpool, uh, framing them. Um, Liverpool come into a season where they massively underperformed last season, obviously, due to a slew of uh, what I will gently term it as staffing issues um, between old heads and uh injuries uh having uh bringing on um ryan gravenberch most recently uh and alexis McAllister and endo um liverpool i believe in my opinion are a more complete team right now than they were two years ago they have a more well-rounded set of players that make them much more dynamic as a team, um, more flexible to do things, respond to different uh, systems of play, and also face different opponents rather than the standard, as everyone says it, heavy metal football, you're in Klopp kind of, you know, 
dance. Um, they come off the back of tying the Luton Town one to one after displaying some poor finishing skills. Uh, looking at you, Darwin, and also uh, have been um, along with Arsenal and several other teams had some controversial games where they probably lost out on points so they might be lower than they currently are on the table um that being said uh, Mohamed Salah is kicking off uh even um by the numbers so far more so than he has been in the previous seasons which I didn't think was possible um and the midfield looks fine for the first time in living memory um damn fine or like it's fine it's it looks good. I the fact that Tiago and Steven Bashatich are not in the squad currently from injury and I'm not anxious, I think speaks boatloads. Um that being said, they are dealing with a lot of uh new guys, a lot of prior pillars of the team gone. Uh mostly to the Saudi leagues surprisingly. Um and uh having to deal with like a lot of new uh, dynamics in the league. So that being said, your thoughts, you two on Liverpool. Um, I think they're, I almost said they're doing better than I thought they would this year, but I think that's, that's probably wrong. I think they're actually performing about how I would expect them to. I thought maybe they would actually be a bit leakier at the defensive end than they've been. Um, and for me, uh, going into today, I would have said that they were my favorites to take second place. Um, but I don't think you can drop points at Luton and feel good about that, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's just like one match, whatever. It's, I don't want to overreact to it, but like, it's just kind of like you have to take those points. Um, I think to like basically second place, you're the title, title charge, like our title contender. Right. So, um, right. basically what I'm saying is the, the team most likely, uh, poised to compete with Man City for the title because that's my presumptive title winner, and I I don't think that you can you can do that and, and win the title. I mean, Arsenal dropped points to Southampton last year twice, and like what happened. So I I just think like that's tough to do. Um, mm-hmm. And while they are certainly creating a ton, um, they are second in XG. They also are lower down on the table for the XGA. Um, so I think they're giving up maybe. a it too much uh they have conceded first uh too many times this season yeah yeah and i don't know do you feel like the i don't want to like resurface this whole talking point but do you feel like the the trent thing has been settled at this point as a liverpool fan um has the trent you mean just the defensive issues like the the, the thing has been solved basically more or less um i don't know because Klopp's some of Klopp's uh, squad selections have confused me. Um, okay. I don't understand why he continues to play Alexis McAllister in a role that he was not should not have been signed for. Um, yeah, it's strange, and that leaves more defensive strain on a theoretical double pivot when you shove uh, Trent up there as he normally goes to now. I mean, like there was there were yeah large points of time in the match today where he was on the left side of the field yep. just totally abandoning the right back and like he's doing that by instruction so it's not like he's you know freewheeling out yeah there. <laughs> exactly um so uh, you know i mean to say that alexander arnold has defensive issues when you're playing in a back four sure but when this is i don't think you can really say this is a back four anymore it's just it's just uh it's um a libero sort of that's like being shoved forward i see yeah um 
I think the way I kind of see Liverpool's season is that like this team basically has like has all of the you have all you have four of the five pieces of Exodia. <laughs> we're missing and one. you're just missing a like a really good holding defensive well the thing is is that i think you could continually play endo and be fine yeah serviceable you probably could yeah but uh, like if you look at the options next season if you just skip ahead yeah having McAllister <laughs> skip the episode yeah having McAllister in his nat- more natural position and Shabashlai honestly dominic Shabashlai has been a godsend yes. of a player he's so good he dude. is a wonderful player to watch yeah uh, he is dynamic he can play multiple positions and he looks so fluid yeah. i however he's i like will say uh, the 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 most stark signing this season so far has been ryan gravenberch he is mm. Yeah, another option there in that position. He's fantastic. So there's no shortage of these options, and obviously with Darwin, I mean, I think this front five we've created um, yeah. is is just so much more appealing on paper than the 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 front three we had with Sané. I mean, it's, uh, um, Mane and Salah. Mane, Salah, and Firmino. I think that, like, the ceiling for Mane, Salah, and Firmino is higher than this group has, but, like... You had to rely on them yeah. to play 37 matches to exactly. get a title charge, I, which is what they did when you won the league, by the way. We, we always talk... <laughs> it was it was an incredible feat. Uh, I, I think that the secret power of that team was Genie Wijnaldum just refusing to get injured yeah, and continually, yeah. and like also destroying Fabinho's cartilage. Um, <laughs> but I think that I, I people talk about player ceilings a lot, and, you know, rightfully so, because, like, you know, we love to hypothesize about the theoretical limits to a player's potential, but I'm more of a floors guy. Um, I, I like to yeah. look at the negatives instead I, of the positives. Well, I like to know that the baseline perform. If your baseline yeah. performance oh, okay. is higher on yeah. average, I'm gonna I'm gonna like that player more than a player yeah. that is occasionally very, very, very good, but also very, very, very bad. The classic Darwin. Yes, I, that's why Darwin as a player concern. He's so fun. It's so funny. No, he's amazing. <laughs> he's my. He's like maybe my favorite player in the entire. <laughs> it's awesome, uh, but I think like if you're crafting, like I want a team to win the league every single season. You just you, like if you can just pick and choose. You pick guys with like high floors. Yeah, that's my yeah soapbox. That was take. the whole like argument with Declan Rice this year. Is like yeah, he raises the floor so high. Like his ceiling might not be like you know he's not like the a dribble god. He's not like yeah. super techie. But like the things he does, he's so good at. And like it he's, just he, offers a level of sustainability or uh, of stability. That works you need. as advertised. Batteries included. Yes, yes, yes. And they're Unlike rechargeable. Unlike my Bose yes. Quiet Comfort 2 <laughs> earbuds, which I will be sending back, oh, no. by the way. What happened? Grinding my axe here. Biggest pieces of shit I've ever bought in my entire oh, life, i tell you what. Garbage, that sucks. garbage product. Are you talking about these right here? No, no, These are no. Sony. Yeah, oh. I bought these earbuds to replace my three-year-old pair that are no longer really holding a charge, and I went for Bose, and I'm like, these are, got, these are top of the line, top of the line product, and man... What a horrible experience. I'm telling you, man. I just got these. Are those AirPods? Yeah. He's full Apple. Full Apple now. Do you recommend? Um, do you want to try them? some point, maybe. Yeah. I might just go for them. Um, anyway, uh, we'll move on. Don't to, buy them. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you said you said you don't, but where do you put Liverpool? Maddie, I don't even think you spoke about the Liverpool segment. That's okay. I think they finished second. Uh, fair. Second? Yeah, I think so. 
I'd agree. You think? I still have that second. The number of chances that you guys are creating, like the the, the underlying numbers don't lie. The ability to score goals at will, like it's like don't it's. Just, I think that you can finish yeah, second. Just don't even. Okay. I I I think Arsenal should finish second, um, but I have problems yeah. with with it uh, at the moment. I think the way Liverpool are playing, based off we're basing this off of ten matches, right? It's so, eleven, but yeah, uh, ten or eleven, mm -hmm. uh, mostly eleven. Um, I think Liverpool like are just very, very good. They are very good, yeah. and that you know, and I like them a lot, you know. Yeah, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, like I, 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 yeah. I think that there is an element of ruthlessness that is not currently present. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I want them to be stone cold killers. Yes. Um, Mane would have scored that chance. Mane that. would have buried Nunez. that. Yeah. yeah, and I think Nunez can get there. Obviously, this is his second season. Obviously, he should make that regardless. But he, you know, that's that's what you get when you sign um, the embodiment of chaos theory. So, would you have Darwin Nunez or Ali Watkins on your team? I would rather have Darwin Nunez. He is the build-up play. I don't care about his finishing. His build-up play is phenomenal. I have never seen a forward with that kind of athleticism embodied in a statistical uh, normal curve. You know? His variances, his betas are crazy. You know? Um, I think it's cool. He looks kind of like a pirate. He eats the mustache. Yeah. He looks French. Oh, yeah. I can Maybe. See yeah, if you had a striped shirt, yeah. And cigarette, yeah. Um, okay, quick. That was very, very bad. Sorry. Moving on to Tottenham here. Are folks. they? Are they this good? Are <laughs> they this good? Do we have to start taking Tottenham seriously? I think so, man. I think I think it's time because uh, I think I mean put put it this way. Do you really think Chelsea's going to pull one through tomorrow? No. Chelsea have been so <laughs> wild with their results. I honestly don't know what team is going to show up. There's no no bigger contrast between actually. The only one that might be a bigger contrast between uh, actual performance and expected performance is Tottenham. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like uh, Pasta Kaglu has them off to their best start ever. Yeah. So I think when you, at, at that point, you have to just acknowledge that something good is happening in the locker room, you know? Yeah, like yeah. They yeah. have something there. Yeah. And so I think you like there's a lot of people that say, well, are they actually good? Yes, right now they are. Yes, they're very good right now. It's that James Madison effect. They are, admittedly, they've played one less match. They're below one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight teams in XG. There's a five-goal XG gap between them in first place, okay. which is Newcastle. That is something. So They are... One, two, three, four, five, six. There are six teams ahead of them in XGD per 90. They are on par with Brentford at 0.52 in the positive for XGD per mm. 90. I just don't know. I think there's a lot there. There. I think what my suspicion is, right, that they're performing at maximum efficiency right now. Yes. Like the engine they've got, they've maxed it out. Yes. And so there is a statistical chance that they win the league, right? It, things need to happen, though. Like certain things that are out of their control need to happen. Somebody needs to inject NOS. Or like <laughs> other teams need to fail, you know, like like other teams need to trip up or injuries need to happen. So I think right now is what Tottenham does is they maybe perform well this season and then they don't, they make top four, they don't win. But they next season they sign some guys, um, and you know Anji's uh, been telling the media, and so I'm sure uh, Levy's been very happy about this. That you know you don't need big money signings. That's not what a winning team requires. So if they can get some value signings in the market, I think that's going to be what Tottenham 
uh, so it boosts them for like continual succession. Yeah. I think for this year that they are a good team. Um, and I think the reason that they don't win the league this year is because they don't have enough depth, quality and depth. Um, it drops off a bit once you get to uh, they do. Their, their bench. Yeah. That's my feeling on them. Um, also, they might be in a bit of a bubble. Like they've played Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, who there have been their toughest matches? That Liverpool match was an absolute farce, so I don't really count that. Um, they did play well against Arsenal, right. but um, they've played Brentford, they played Manchester United, who are poor. That's not, in my opinion, a good win anymore. Uh, Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield United, Luton, Fulham, Crystal Palace outside. So they I would argue that Fulham is actually a good team. Yeah, Fulham, are, they're in my good. opinion. Um, they have a rough set of games coming up, though. They've got some. They've got some actual. Yeah, so I think that will really tell you who they are. Uh, upcoming Chelsea home um, two weeks after uh, uh, Aston Villa home. Following week is Manchester City away. Then it's New West Ham, Newcastle. So that's that's a tough run, and I think that's really going to be telling. If they make it through that uh, with the same sort of form or even a slight dip, like that bodes very well for them. Yeah, they're they're for sure making top four though. Yeah, like I think I think dramatic um happens. I think Newcastle is somewhere in here, and I don't know who to drop. Yeah, I mean, it really we talk about top four, but really it's five this year. Yeah, um, so it it does feel way more congested at the top it than does. it did last season. It does in in the way yeah. that the bottom was kind of congested last season. Honestly, looking at the numbers, I would drop Tottenham, but I can't. I can't say that. I, yeah, I can't say that. What I've seen from yeah. them. Yeah, so I I, I feel like Newcastle is so. so that, that's my thing. Is I do think that Liverpool are fourth place or fifth place team this year. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think maybe that might be a bit pessimistic, but um, it's it's just it, it's just like two or three injuries away, and it's like yeah, I guess I could see that. I could see that. Um, anyway, let's move on. One last team, Manchester City. You know them, you love them. What do we think? Um, yeah. So basically, when you have a team that's con- that's created the third most XG and conceded the least XG, right? You have the best team in the league. And uh, that's what they are. So congratulations. <laughs> Boring. Uh, no, I do so. But here, here's some things I want to bring up. Um, they have lost, I think, arguably their most important player this uh, summer in Elkai Gundogan. Um, and they have, I sorry, let me back that up. They lost a very important player in Elkai Gundogan. And they have possibly, in many regards, the best player in the league injured, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Um, without those two... They've brought on some uh, valuable uh, signings. Um, Gvardiol, um, the, I mean, center backs are just becoming all of what Pep fields now, which fair enough. Um, Rico Lewis is taking a more active approach in the team. Mateo Kovacic, uh, say what you will about him, but I think, uh, you know, uh, filling in another, uh, another role there. And yes, uh, Jeremy Doku, who at the (laughs) time, I'm adding a lot at, the, today. at the time of this recording, he has most recently assisted in four assists and a goal uh, against uh, Bournemouth. He is inevitable. A, a crazy amount of assists. Yeah. Um, really yes. Very, very tricky winger and uh, terrifying. I am not eager to face this team um, at all. Um, but, you know, if Rodri keeps dude. like choking people out, maybe... Yeah, um, just kick the ball off of their defender and into the net. Yeah, easy, e- easy money. Uh, easy. Make them then, have their own ball in the uh, goal. 
they have Holland. Obviously, he went off injured at, at half. I don't know how serious it is. Um, but uh, I, I, do we do we think they're another first place finish this season? <laughs> that would be a fourth first place finish in a row. A poker of Premier League championships. Ugh. Yeah. It's Until like, next year yeah, when Leicester like comes back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't you just can't sort of say no to that, I don't think. I think you can. And here's well, why. You, you could. Like I'm not gonna get, get pulled off to jail for saying no. But I don't think I like can bring myself yeah, no, to I, I don't mean like technically. I mean I think I do think that Manchester City don't finish in first place this season. Of all the years for it to happen, it's Who? this year, I guess. Who? Who? It's you're not gonna like this answer. This is Tottenham? It's Arsenal or Newcastle or Newcastle. Okay, you guys called me crazy when I said Newcastle was going to finish first, and look, here we are now. (laughs) (laughs) Doku. Count Doku. Yes. I I mean, you did. I said, far greater than yours. I have it written down somewhere. I know know you do, Maddie. Okay, I know you do. Here's the thing is like, there is certain mentality issues that are necessary for a team to continually succeed. I think when you lose a lot of some key staffers, it, it, it affects the team way more. Manchester City are currently in first. Yes. Mm. But for how long? But, but, but I think this Kevin De Bruyne injury, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hamper them. But don't you think that would have already sort of reared its head by now? No, I it don't. It did when Rodri left. Because because Manchester City, Two uh, big all, additionally, when you miss Rodri, yes. So I think someone needs to do something about that, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Manchester um, City without Rodri, yeah, I don't I don't think I picked them to win the league. Here's their next run, okay? Chelsea on the 12th, Liverpool at home on the 25th, Leipzig in the Champions League, then Tottenham, then Aston Villa. That that is five. That is not an easy five games. Five alarm fire. I think they're gonna smear Tottenham. <laughs> I honestly am licking my lips. No, oh, that's me licking cool. my no, lips. I, this is going against the run of play, right? All prior evidence shit. about Tottenham has has suggested otherwise. Uh, Burned Leno getting the back to tank. I'm sorry, not Burned Leno. <laughs> Erling Holland getting the back to tank. Another tall blonde man from. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. my man, I need you running at 120 miles per hour at Mickey Miles. Um, I think that the way that they brushed aside, brushed aside Newcastle, um, with such relative ease in that one nil win, Newcastle just didn't get to to create anything. No, no, but <laughs> they I, just shrugged them off. I just, <laughs> it was so easy. For I, them. I cannot justify in my head a team winning the Premier League four times in a row. Okay, so this just, is like a moral philosophical thing. I just I can't in good faith say that this is a a good league and then also in the same vein say this is a team that's going to win it four times in a row. Here's my thing is like it's almost good if they do it. Unless, Why? Unless Arsenal do. Of course. <laughs> um, it's, Naturally. It's almost good if they do because I think there's been for quite a while outside of some of those uh, Liverpool teams of like veneer of uh, uh, competitiveness, parity in the league. And like there has been. Oh, you, but it's you, really you been, want the veil just yeah, torn off. I think it'd be mask off. Yeah. It'd be four years in a row of the same club winning. Yeah, you want the curtain above the tabernacle split in two. 
Yeah, sure. All, all the crosses turn upside down, yeah. and the little girl flies up to the ceiling and screams things at me. Sure. No, cool. I got you. All of Yeah. So, like, I think in some way, like, maybe it would be, like, a short-term pain for long-term gain, or nothing happens, like everything else of this league. So, pain uh, is uh, um, weakness leaving the body. Like, is... is <laughs> <laughs> that's such a... I fucking hate that. Is... is uh, <laughs> is like um, the the Premier League's answer to the Man City problem just tossing another cat into the wall with Newcastle? I mean, honestly, I guess. Well, just what else are they going to do? One more slightly larger cat kill, <laughs> kill the one that's been killing everything else. <laughs> and this we'll, is how you get invasive species. Yeah, so we'll just keep doing it until we run out of yeah. cats. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Maybe I can't wait for the Euro conglomerate to invest in yeah, like, like Nottingham the EU Forest. Buys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looting down gets yeah. an investment. Yeah. Um, I just think there's so like the, the, the squad here, right? Um, Calvin Phillips. Phillips. What's he doing? I don't know. Nothing. He's yeah. doing nothing. So he I be, I, He's got the best <laughs> job on earth. <laughs> he really does. We got to stop memeing this guy. What, I would Pep even notice if he didn't show up to training? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> he played. He played today. I think Pep probably looked out there and was surprised to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you you were Who starting? Is that so, man? Uh, here's the thing. If you take Calvin Phillips out, right, you've got Mateo Kovacic, Bernardo Silva. Are we listing him as a midfielder? On Fatmob, we are. Rodri. Yeah. And Matthias Nunes and Rico Lewis. You, you get Rodri gets injured one time, they're screwed. Yes, that's true. Or if he chokes another man. Or that's if true. he chokes another man. Yes. So I don't know. Um, I just I in good faith I'm gonna say they're gonna get second place. Okay. That's I'm gonna lock that in. That's to me, that's an easy call for second place. That's the coward's call. I have met third. That's the, the coward's the, the, call? The real brave men will say they <laughs> win it four years in a row and won't select their own club to do it. <laughs> what are you on, You are man? both the worst. You cannot believe in your teams. It's not that. It's just th these mm. things take time. Are Leicester going to do it this year? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You want me to say Liverpool are going to win it? Is that what you want me to no, say? No, but they're not going to finish in fifth. Honestly, relegation might be kind of fun just so you could win a league. <laughs> it might be hey, worth it. you know, it might be worth it. I'm imagine? having fun. I would love to. You've won, I would, you'll have won two leagues in like here's seven the thing. years. Yeah, Newcastle, <laughs> Newcastle is a championship style club that plays in the Premier League. They need Dude, to get down there and start beating on Let's people. start a dialogue, yeah. man. <laughs> All right, guys, we have to go win this championship. Yes. Uh, uh, one last thing. FPL? Uh, top five FPL. I'm going to rattle them off. This going to be no pomp and circumstance here you're just going to hear it so that you have an update on who top five Hit is me. okay okay here we go and fifth place we've got uh shout out to zach step up to the street uh zach mikowski uh fifth place with 21 points so far this week yeah again and two players not <laughs> sorry three players not playing this week for uh coaches 11 and erickson well done you've moved up a spot 638 points so far 27 on the week zach has five players and his team with zero points. Uh, and Erickson still has Romero and Cole Palmer to play, so that could uh, work. That's a shame you bench Lachelle's. I don't understand that. Um, Rob's Rams, Rob Woodward, third place, 29 points. Uh, and then we have a gulf in points, and we've got a bit of uh, a shakedown happening at the top here. Karu Human or are you dancer? You said Blair's it right. Own, well, uh, Brooklyn's very own Blair Lacrosse. Stand up. Twenty-eight points so far this week. Um, 
Yeah, you had a shit week, though, honestly. Horrible, um, yeah, horrible. Uh, 664 as as points, and Dan Arnsberger with only a paltry 15 points so far, a zero blank from Matt Turner. Uh, He's going to get one from Paul Ariola. Yes. So let's count 16. Pedro Poro and Sun have yet to play. I think Sun is going to be a big thing there. And Cole Palmtree, don't forget him. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's the top five. Uh, shake and bake, don't worry. You still stand undefeated so far. Yeah, we Congrats, Dan. We love you, Dan. Um, yeah, so uh, you two have to go win a soccer match, uh, lift a cup. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. that's all happening Don't tonight. Don't party too hard. And uh, I have to go uh, memorize a scene. So we will see all of you next weekend. Yes, we will. Big Money Moves. Cheers. See you later.